This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Red Nation News Podcast. My name is Saul Marnelli at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. Here, joined by my co-host Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, pretty good. Also joined by writer for Real GM, podcaster, and former boxing judge, my friend Dave DeFore. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I was camping. Uh, it was a, it was actually really fun, man. I, I took my new puppy camping for the first time, and uh, he was awesome. He knocked it out of the park. Oh, that's always fun. That's always fun. Yeah. My dog loves the outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have a lot to talk about. Since the last time we podcasted, uh, the Rockets have kind of lost their shit a little bit, uh, but especially James Harden. James Harden against the Utah Jazz was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Like it's, and my brother was there in person, and he was, and he's still talking about it today of how how crazy he was. Fifty six points, thirteen assists. 19 of 25 from the field, 7 or seven of 8 from the three-point line, 11 of 12 from the free throw line. And this was against the third best defense in the NBA. Like, I, I, I don't know, like, what the hell I should say about this. Like, this was an insane game and easily the best Harden performance I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. That Harden's really good. Uh, he's he's picked up where he left off last season, uh, and he honestly looks like he's only improved his offensive game. I don't know. It's it's, it's getting hard to be surprised by these kind of games. Uh, yeah, J- James Harden is a an offensive dynamo, and there is no answer. And he is, I mean, just insane. And you brought up that game the other night. His game score, according to Basketball Reference, was a uh, 49.2. And I'm trying to look up the all-time, you know, best game score for a single game, but I can't find it. Uh, I'll keep looking while while we're talking, you know, because I'm a pro. But uh, <laughs> 49.2 is insane. So the, is. the night the night before, he had gone for 29 with 11 assists. Um, and was six and eleven from three, and his game score was twenty eight and a half, which is ridiculous. Right. And then he went to forty nine point two. I mean, just I, I don't think we've seen a game like that. Twenty five shots. That's it. Twenty five shots to get fifty six points. He 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 made seven threes, which I mean, and he only took eight. He only took eight shots, and like basically fifty four of those points were scored within the first three quarters. Like he scored two points in the fourth quarter, then he was rested for the rest of the game because <laughs> the Rockets are up like crazy. 
Yeah, that was ridiculous. That the whole team came out like wildfire start that game, but uh, he was really feeling it. That that one shot where he uh, he hit the three and then just crouched down like that. I think that was the point where he and everybody else knew that it was going to be some kind of special night. Right, and yeah. like I, I, he didn't miss a shot in that first quarter, man. Like literally, did not miss a field goal in that first quarter or a free throw for that matter. He only missed one free throw the whole game. I mean, this kind of efficiency is just kind of unheard of. The last time a, a, a guy's made 56, 56 points on this many shot attempts was Michael Jordan in 89, I think. It was, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he's having another amazing season. I mean, it, it just, at this point, it, it's not even a surprise. I mean, his PER right now is at 29.3. I mean, he's just he's just really on fire in, in overall. I mean, it, it makes you really ignore how terrible his defense has been i mean like uh, it's been egregiously poor this early uh right no it's been bad sorry um yeah it's been really really bad and uh but god when he's playing like this on offense i mean it's just it's hard to care right like (laughs) he was a plus 25 for that game so i mean that just tells you like his defense like it doesn't even matter if he's yeah it's gonna be okay if he's that big of a positive I mean, the, the, to give you some context for how bad the Rockets torched the Jazz, they were the third best defense going into that game. After that game, they dropped to tenth. That they 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 dropped seven spots, and by that point, the, the Jazz had played eleven or twelve games. So that's a pretty good sample size by that point. And to drop a team that much is just ludicrous. That, that stuff, like that's like what the Warriors do, man. Like that's that's the kind of stuff they do. Uh, yeah, the Rockets are ridiculous when Harns firing like this. Uh, he got Player of the Week. Go ahead. Yeah, well, here's a little, here's a little, just, just to kind of put it into context how ridiculous he is right now. This is from Kelly Scaletta on Twitter. James Harden's leading the NBA in points scored, assists, points assisted on, and made threes. And that was before <laughs> tonight's game against the Pacers. Yeah, over this last week, it seems like a lot of people uh, around the commentariat of the NBA have kind of been uh, poking their heads up and saying, oh, Oh, James Harden's probably in the lead for the MVP again, isn't he? Well, now that the Bucks have dropped off a cliff, yes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Now that, that the uh, the appointed son, uh, Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo, is no longer as viable. Right. I'm glad you, you mentioned that this week, because this week is, is it's not just the Jazz game, man. Like, 38.8 points per game, 12.3 assists per game, 5.5 rebounds per game, 50 per, 51% from the field, 45% from the three-point line, 87% from the free-throw line, 69% true shooting. That's his week right now. I don't know what the f*** to do with these numbers, man. Like, like it's just... I, I, how about, I don't, how about I don't, ignore the numbers? Ignore like, the numbers for a second. They're on a six-game winning streak. They beat Utah, Cleveland, Memphis, and, and the Pacers. Right. right, like these are good teams. That's, right, that's a good month. Right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're totally on fire. You were you were tweeting at this earlier uh, about how they're looking better than they were last season. Right, already, it's it's pretty impressive, and they don't even have Chris Paul. Right, uh, I- I'll go ahead and pull up the tweet you're talking about. So the Rockets threw 14 games last year, were nine and five, pretty good. Uh, offensive rating of 108.7, pretty good. Defensive rating of 105.1. Eh, it was like 20th in the league at that point. And they had a net rating of 3.6. Right now, they, they are 11-3. and 
Offensive rating of 109.9, ridiculous, second only to the Warriors. The defensive rating of 101.9, that's eighth in the league right now. So their their defense has t- taken a dramatic step forward. A net rating of eight, which is really, really good. In a normal year, that leads the league. Like an eight net rating, that's pretty good. And they're about to get Chris Paul back. Um, and to give you some context for what the Rockets did last year when Patrick Beverly came back, because uh, they had a similar injury last year when Patrick Beverly was in for that first month, uh, the Rockets were struggling defensively, and they they had to throw out seven, eight-man units like they're doing right now. And when Patrick Beverly came back, they went on this crazy run. Their defense improved like dramatically, um, and that just tells you how important that third guard spot is for them. And getting Chris Paul is going to be really, really critical to how, how good they are going forward. Yeah, though I do think there will be a little bit of an adjustment period, right? Which right. Uh, how little that bit is is going to be a big deal. I think they should bring Chris Paul off the bench when he comes back. They might, they and might do that at it, first, at least short term, but right. possibly for the whole season. I just think with with what Eric Gordon's doing right now, and with how good he looks. I mean, he looks like young Clippers Eric Gordon. I don't know. Did he go to Germany this summer? No, he lost. He, he lost weight, and he did a lot yeah. of uh, he did a lot of stuff with his body, and like he looks amazing, right? And uh, there was an interview. Uh, I, I I think it was conducted by Alex Kennedy. I can't remember right now, but he talked about how this this off season he was allowed to work um, work on his game rather than work on his in, working on recovering from injury, which which was really a, a thing for him in New Orleans. Like every summer, he had to constantly recover for some nagging injury. This year, I mean, nothing. Like he he could just work straight up on his game, and that was really big for him. I mean, you, it's paying dividends. Like he's so explosive right now. His first step getting to the basket. Is I mean, and he's averaging like eight eight free throw attempts per game, which is really really damn good. Like he's getting to the line at will. It's a totally different Eric Gordon, man. It's not he's not just a three point shooter anymore. He's a legitimate like close out and get to the basket kind of guy right now. And defensively, he's looked great too. Like he's probably the Rockets' second best perimeter defender right now after PJ Tucker. He's been that damn good. Um, his defensive rating is like ninety seven point five. Uh, which is really, really good, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he's been damn good for what the Rockets are are trying to do right now. And yeah, I mean, uh, coming off the bench, the the Rockets might try to do that first, but I don't know how you convince a Hall of Fame point guard to just say, you know, at this point in your career, uh, it's time to come off the bench. I I think I think the second unit would actually benefit a lot from having Eric, Eric Gordon come off the bench. Um, and the Rockets are going to stagger those two anyway, so I don't really see, um an issue there later on but yeah it, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment it's going to be a bit of an adjustment Mike D'Antoni said he's going to come back anytime anytime now so um I, I expect the Rockets to to have some have some bumps and bruises along the way so to say the least yeah they'll they'll uh they'll come back to earth a little bit at some point just because you can't play this good all the time uh unless you can but, but even the Warriors can't do that all the time. So, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll come back to it a little bit eventually, and we'll kind of get a little bit disillusioned. But all the signs are there. You know, they're they're playing up to their point differential. They were a little bit ahead of their point differential for a while, but then they started blowing teams out. 
uh, it looks like they kind of got used to playing with this particular group of guys. That's my that's my main takeaway from this week. I think is that they figured out what they have to do to make this particular lineup work. Uh, they were used to having Patrick Beverly in there. They were used to having a little bit different uh, depth chart, and uh, now they've settled in. And their settling in looks like nasty blowouts of every single team they go up against. You you know what has really helped is how much better Clint Capella is. He just oh God, looks yes. like a, he looks like a different player compared to last year. I think he's done a really great job. And it's been weird because he hasn't gotten an assist there on a pass to the corner yet. But he is actually finding shooters in the corner as the roll man in the pick and roll. So he'll, he's getting the ball and he's he's doing a short roll and he's hitting guys wide open in the corners. They just haven't stuck them yet. But they're going to. And, and the fact that he's finding those guys and you know I, and he's getting like hockey assists out of that when they kick it up to the wing. And, and that's just incredible. He didn't have that in his game last year. It right. just wasn't there, and, and, and then uh, and he's just he's just been better overall. But that is to me just such a huge development for a team full of shooters, right? And I'm certain Mike D'Antoni showing him a lot of Boris Diaw tape and a lot of Amari Sadamar tape because they did a lot of that stuff out of the short row where they would find shooters like Marion uh, and like other guys in the perimeter off that short row. I'm sure he's seeing a lot of that. Um, he, it'll take some time to get used to that, but his rim protection is particularly getting a lot better. He, he's had some nasty blocks uh, these past this past week. I mean, his his block numbers are, are rising. He has like one of the top ten PRs in the league right now. He's 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 pretty much a a walking double double. He, he's getting a lot better at rebounding. Um, he's consistently getting around twelve to thirteen boards per game, and I'm I'm pretty sure uh, it's going to stabilize at around twelve. Um, but yeah, he's. He's really taking that leap we've been talking about for years, and it's paid off for the Rockets, man. Like, like he's he's Mike D'Antoni's trusting him with those crunch time minutes, which is something he didn't he didn't trust him with before. He would he would throw Nene out there in the, in crunch time, or you throw a small small lineup out there. But now those minutes are going to Clint Capella. Like he's earned those minutes. Like Mike D'Antoni's giving him that trust, and it's starting to really pay off for the Rockets. Yeah, hit, uh, Clint Capella's net rating right now is 34. He's plus 34. God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Get the f*** out of here. <laughs> I'm like, everyone expected him to figure defense out, and he's been figuring defense out, but his offensive improvement, like you said, has really impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. Like, he's come farther on offense than I thought he was going to. He look. He can move around the rim uh, in a way that a lot of big men just never actually figure out. So uh, I'm very enthused by this. I don't. I don't know that he's going to be the best center in the league or whatever it is that Mike D'Antoni said, but uh, he doesn't need to be. He looks pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, best center, best position or whatever in, in the league is so nebulous anyway. But God, he looks really good. Right. Man, you know it's funny because he looks good when you watch the tape or when you watch the games or whatever. I, I don't look at Clint Capella's stats, right? Because it, his stats don't matter. They just don't. It's like, is he doing his job? Yes. Is he doing it well? Yes. This is the first time I've looked at his stats this season. His stats are ridiculous. They're right. insane. I mean, I knew he was playing well because I've watched most of the, the Rockets games this season. But, yeah, when you look at the numbers, it, it actually, it, it even... Makes it look like he's even better because of, uh, you know, that man, that's a that's insane. Crazy. 27.72 PER, 70% true shooting. That's it's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, I didn't even know his advanced stats were this good, honestly. I mean, people just keep tweeting it out. I'm just like, really? 
Like it's that high. It, and, and you're right. Like it's really hard to pay attention to all that stuff when he's doing exactly what you're telling him to do. Just just set screens, roll hard, and you'll get rewarded. Like this is what the Rockets try to do with Dwight Howard, but Dwight just didn't want to do it. Dwight wanted his post touches. And it bogged down the Rockets' offense. Like few few bigs in the league are are, are doing what Clint Capella is doing in accepting his role and doing it at a, at a high level. And I mean, he's getting rewarded to it. He has a nice touch around the rim with his jump hook, like off a roll where where he he doesn't quite beat his man. And there's somebody on his hip. He'll, he'll just go up with a a, a a nice mini hook, and it'll just go in. Like he has a nice touch around the rim, so he can finish plays without dunking or or layups. And that's really big for the Rockets because. You know, you can't always get all the way to the rim on those pick and rolls. And to, to have that nice touch around the rim, is, it's, it's pretty big for what the Rockets are trying to do right now. Hey, folks. Dave DeFore of On the NBA with Dave DeFore here. I'd like to talk to you about my friends over at Harry's, my go-to razor for a smooth, close, and comfortable shave. Almighty Baller Radio is the go-to network for NBA podcasts. But if you visit harrys.com slash ballers, you'll get a free trial set from Harry's and find out why over 3 million guys have switched to Harry's. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price. With top quality blades made in a German factory with over 100 years of blade making experience, you get a close, clean shave every time, 100% guaranteed, and at half the price of the leading five blade razor. So go to harrys.com slash ballers, B-A-L-L, ERS today, you'll get the free trial kit that has become my personal go-to every morning. A weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. A $13 value, this is all yours for free when you sign up, just by covering the cost of shipping. You're supporting the network here at Almighty Baller, but you're also making a great decision for yourself. The decision to find out how Harry's has fixed shaving for the ordinary guy. Check out that URL, harrys.com slash ballers. One more time, that's harrys.com slash ballers to receive a free trial shave set for just the cost of shipping. Uh, yeah. Is this, also, is this free throw percentage real? Is this real? Did he just figure out how to like become fine in free throws? Yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. It's 70%. possible. Like, it's possible. Fifty, fifty-three, or whatever he was last year to seventy this year. Yeah. It's possible. Listen, that's, like, a, that's a big deal too. That helps a lot if they don't have to worry about all this stupid hacking nonsense that teams will try on them. Right. Like, I'm not sure if he'll shoot seventy percent from the free throw line, but I mean, I have I have confidence that he can get maybe to sixty. Which is good enough. Like all you really have to do is get to that sixty to seventy percent range, like somewhere in there, and teams won't hack you, right? And th- that that's enough to where you're an above average offense per one hundred possessions, and that's enough to where like you can play him in crunch time to where and you and not have to worry about it. <laughs> His career average per is twenty. <laughs> that's hilarious. Right? Yeah, it, it's 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 nuts. Clint Capella has played to his level. Um, one thing that's worried me, worried me about the Rockets, and I'm not sure if you share the same concern, David. Their rotations are really short right now. They're running seven, seven to eight man rotations right now. I, I know Mike D'Antoni's dealt with a hard card right now because because of the injuries. And Bob Mute was hurt. Eric Gordon was hurt for a stretch, uh, and now uh, they're waiting on Chris Paul to return. But uh, they're playing really heavy minutes on on Harden. Trevor Reese is playing 35 minutes per game, which is kind of 
nuts considering the wing depth that they have. Like they don't really need to play him that much. Um, but that's the thing, man. Like you can't be playing that these kind of minutes in November when the games aren't really as as uh, they they don't matter as much. You don't really need to be playing these guys that much. I I agree. Uh, I think that the the minutes that Harden played against Cleveland is just definitely too much. But you know when you're in the middle of a game, good luck telling a coach and or a player, hey, uh, you know I think you've played enough, or I think I think your best players played enough when you want to beat Cleveland. Um, but D'Antoni runs short rotations. It's just who he is. He's going to play eight guys, maybe nine. And now it's not really a good thing. He should be playing more, especially with a team that's a little bit deeper. But it's nothing out of the ordinary for D'Antoni. Right. And uh, a lot of this is because they just don't have the bodies right now. And uh, Chris Paul is coming back right now. So that's a, that's a, that's going to really help the Rockets. That, that's an, uh, an eighth guy to your rotation or eighth or ninth guy that plays 30-plus minutes per game. Uh, it's going to ease the load off of Harden a lot. Um, and it's going to... It's going to ease the load off the starters in general. They're not going to be playing as much. And hopefully they'll be blowing out teams enough to where it just won't matter that they're playing short rotations, right? So I, I hope. I mean, they've been blowing teams out this past few games, and they've still been playing their normal rotation surprisingly far into the game. Uh, I guess, it's, you know, guys want numbers, or there's D'Antoni's kind of gun-shy about uh, giving up leads and stuff because they have shown that the uh, – the garbage time crew is very bad about giving up leads, but uh, yeah, I hope they better be some pretty big blowouts because it does seem like they're more likely to keep their starters out there longer than you'd expect. Yeah, and this is going to be a problem that will be solved by the return of Chris Paul. Right. So let's go ahead and talk about Chris Paul. Um, so th- there seems to be two schools of thoughts on his return. Uh, one is this could interrupt the good flow that the Rockets are currently on. Harden's rolling at point guard, so why would you want to mess with it? And there's a second school of thought where I, I kind of reside. It's like an 11 and 3 team is about to add Chris Paul. So what, what the hell are we talking about here, right? Like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yes, but at the same time, like, let's not act like Chris Paul is in the same world as James Harden's in right now. James Harden is in that first tier. No, of you're right, basketball player. And I'm not saying Chris and, Paul isn't anywhere near there, but I mean you're adding right. Chris Paul to a really, really good basketball team. I don't, I, I just like. A lot of people are panicking over, like, you know, oh, this could interrupt the Rockets' flow and stuff. And I'm just kind of like, dude, the Rockets are going to need this at some point. Like, the Rockets' guard rotation is, is really, really short. Like, these guys need some rest. Eric Gordon and, and Chris Paul have been fantastic. I mean, not Chris Paul. Eric Gordon and James Harden have been fantastic. But they're going to need a break at some point. And Chris Paul is someone that can get you that break and, and stabilize your bench rotations, which have been really awful offensively. The the offensive uh, rotations without Harden have been terrible. Like, we're talking about units of 95 offensive rating, which are really bad. Like, yeah. like you, you need Harden, you need someone in there to, to play that point guard type of role in D'Antoni's system in these bench units. And I think Chris Paul can just do just that. Oh. I mean, I think it's absolutely going to have an adjustment period. Uh, but how, A, how would it not? I mean, got, when you redo the rotation in such a big way, of course, you got to figure it back out again. But they have to because it raises their ceiling so much. They might have a few games where they have to figure it back out again a little bit. But uh, I'm not worried about them suddenly becoming a bad team. Uh, there, there's no reason for that concern. It is absolutely a good thing to bring Chris Paul back. Right. You, I mean, you have yeah. to, right? Uh, the, the Rockets have him uh, locked up for one more year, and then the, they look, they, they seem hell-bent on trying to resign him. We'll see what what happens in free agency. But, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the point 
of acquiring Chris Paul. We know we knew the Rockets were good without Chris Paul, right? The point is to raise their ceiling come the postseason and to take that load off of Harden. That's the whole point of bringing Chris Paul on board. Like we knew this offense was going to be great. Like we, that was if the Rockets brought back their offense, that same team from last year, this team was going to be really, really good. But the point was that is it good enough to beat the Warriors? And that's what the Rockets are trying to do right now. Um, whether or not it works or not, that, that's still up in the air. Uh, they haven't went over the Warriors on opening night, but I mean that was still when the Warriors were trying to figure things out. And now the Rock, the Warriors on this are on this massive roll right now, uh, six game winning streak for them as well. So I mean, th- that's kind of the goal. Like the the goal in bringing Chris Paul in is to have a Hall of Fame point guard on the floor at all times and to ease the burden off of Harden so he doesn't have a Game Six performance against the Spurs again. That'd be yeah. the worst way things could go, right? But yes, you're right. <laughs> they, they can't keep doing this forever. They're treading water extremely successfully, and they're—I mean—they're doing more than treading water, but they're sort of burning up their uh, their their fuel a little bit in doing this. So yeah, you're right. They need Chris Paul back in there so they can lighten the load for a long-term campaign. They know it's a marathon, not a sprint, and I. They've showed signs that they really understand this. Like they've they've said a bunch of stuff about it. They were getting ready to play guys in a a, a more favorable rotation, but then of course he gets his knees bumped immediately. So I'm excited to see what happens when he comes back, though. Uh, it's going to be even more exciting. Yeah, you know, I, again, I, I think that it's never a bad thing to add a guy, you know, who is. Uh, first ballot hall of famer and all that stuff i i think i think yeah it's gonna it's gonna be helpful right right like it like um i i don't think there's reason to panic i mean the, there's reason to worry that perhaps it doesn't get off to the greatest start together but i mean i mean the, most superstar duos don't right like it, it, t- it takes some time for that gel period to happen like the rockets could very much go six and four the next 10 games or six and five or whatever like like it it, it could it could very well be a little bit of little bit of a rocky start and that's kind of what we projected at the beginning of the season right like that's what we thought it would be like for Harden and Paul uh but Chris Paul got hurt and, and that enabled the Rockets to go on this hot stretch um and it, it's also helpful that the Rockets have integrated those other guys uh, like PJ Tucker and Imba Mute at this point so you're just integrating one new guy at this point and not four new guys right and and like that that's that was a worry for me going into the season was that you know you you overload you overloaded half of this roster right and now you're just bringing one new guy in right and granted it is one huge huge piece um it makes the burden on Mike D'Antoni much much lighter because you're just you're just worrying about Chris Paul and Harden that dynamic that's it okay so I want to talk I want to talk about their defensive potential right now because uh, Mike D'Antoni said that their that their goal is to have a top five defense right now they're t- they're eighth right now I think this is this is where the biggest benefit to adding Paul is going to be, right? Because you get another All NBA uh, defender added to your your lineup, and um, as as we know, like that was a huge benefit to having pa- Patrick Beverly come back uh, midway through the beginning of the Rockets last season last year. So I think that's where the Rockets are going to benefit the most because right now they stand they stand at eighth, and I I do think that they can grow they can grow substantially. I think I think there's a possibility that they get into the top five. There are some really, really good defenses in the NBA this year. Like the Warriors are obviously awesome. The, the Jazz, um, but I, I just, I just think that the, like there are a few teams in the NBA, like the Thunder. The Thunder are an exception, but there are a few teams in the NBA that have the type of wing depth that the Rockets have right now. 
um, and to have the type of switchability and the type of versatility defensively that the Rockets have right now. What do you think, Dave? Do you, do you think that they can get into the top five, or do you think they should just be happy with where they are right now? Get into the top five. Defensively. Defensively? Right. No. I don't think that's realistic for this team. Um, but I think top 15 is is fine. Um if you are one of the three best offenses in the league and you have a top 15 defense, you are probably going to win somewhere between 55 and 60 games. That's pretty good. Now you hope that during the playoffs, you can tighten it up a little bit or whatever, but yeah, I just don't think with the personnel they have they're they're going to be a top five defense. I mean, it's tough. They could, they could maybe be top 10, but um, I think that's even doubtful. Let's see. Yeah, they're currently at eight, uh, according to NBA.com stats, with a defensive rating of 101.9. That's pretty good. I mean, they're nowhere near the Boston Celtics, who are at a ridiculous 95.4. I don't even know what they're doing to be that good at defensive rating. Uh, so, yeah, you have Celtics, Thunder, Jazz, Blazers, Grizzlies, Lakers, Spurs, and Rockets. Uh, and below them, Warriors, who, if they wanted to, would be much higher on that list. And they've been uh, climbing, climbing that list yeah. for the past couple they weeks. They have been. Right? They don't yeah. even care. And they don't even care. Right. No, they <laughs> certainly don't. <laughs> the, the Warriors are like, in the beginning of the season, they were one of the worst defenses in the NBA, and they slowly climbed up to like top 10, which is ridiculous that they can turn on that quickly. Uh, but yeah, that's the Warriors. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Dave. I, I think there's a possibility that they get to the top five. I mean, they're eighth right now. And again, small sample size. But you're adding Chris Paul, and I, I just think that that's enough to raise your ceiling. Like Harden's been really messing up their, a lot of their defensive uh, rotations. Uh, he's he's doing this weird thing where a defender will, will get – not a defender, an offensive player will get into the lane, and he'll overhelp on the weak side, and that collapses the Rockets' de- defense, and it will get to an open shooter. And that's not, that's not his job. He shouldn't be doing that. He should be guarding his shooter. He should be guarding his man. Uh, but in general, I just think that they're going to get I, – I have a feeling that they're going to get – Outside, of the, I don't think they're going to get top five. I have a feeling they'll, they'll be right out, right on the on the edge. And if and yeah. with with the offense that they have, that can be enough, right? That can be enough to be the second best net rating in the league, and um, and match up with the Warriors. Can I can I tell you one thing that I would do that I would at least try? Um, I would uh, I would think about having Harden guard force. Right, they they do that quite a bit, but the thing he's is, he's great at it in the post. But I would just say, hey, you know what? You're going to guard fours this game. We're going to see how it goes. Yeah, they they did that in the playoffs against the Spurs. He just got really tired, and and, and like it was pretty effective. Pagasol uh, did not do a great job against Harden, but over time that can get pretty taxing, man. And, and I know that a lot of a lot of fours aren't aren't these bruising types anymore. They're more stretching out and they're more. More being like Ryan Anderson, but still, I mean, it's 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 tough to do over over the course of an eighty-two game season. Yeah, but I, I just think it it would be easy for him. He he's big, as I like to say, stout, and he's long. And I, I think that he wouldn't have to do as much because so many fours wind up just being spot up guys. You know, um, I, I actually I would give it a shot. I I think he, they should have thrown him on LeBron the other night just to give it a try, just to see. Like a possession here and there, just see if he can do it, and and maybe that's a way to challenge him a little bit and get him to 
you know, give a little bit more effort on defense. But until he gives any effort, I, I think that there is a ceiling to how good your defense can be. It, it's hard to go four on five. No, it is. It is. And uh, to the Rockets' credit, uh, they've done a good job of trying to go around the situation by adding all these de- these defenders and by surrounding Harden with all these defensive pieces. And that's been pretty successful. Even Ryan Anderson's been a little bit better defensively this year. Um, the switching scheme is really doing wonders for him, which is weird. Like you, you wouldn't think Ryan Anderson would succeed in a switching type of defense, but I mean, here it is. I mean, he's he's. Yeah. He's dominating in isolation defense as well, which is really weird. Like, I feel like that's just as much just luck as anything else. Not to say that he's not trying. He's he definitely looks like he's giving his all on all, on defense this year. But the fact that everyone isos him and that like nobody can shoot over his head is very strange to me. You know what I think it is? I think when people see Ryan Anderson, they think you know they think about his reputation. They think, oh, this is going to be an easy night for me, and they iso him right away. And it just doesn't end up working out for them because he's actually. I mean, isolation is already a low is a low percentage game as it is, and Ryan Anderson might be a better isolation defender than we give him credit for. Like, like posting up on him might not be the best move. I think the best move to go to go at Ryan Anderson is to go at him in pick and roll situations and get him flustered. Like that's the best way to to attack a weak defender like Ryan Anderson. I think we've reached our point, our ceiling at this podcast right now. Okay, okay. I got so, you. so uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops. Follow Forrest on Twitter at Do Not. Uh, David, do you have anything to plug? Uh, you know, just uh, follow me on Twitter at Dave Dufour NBA, and uh, check out my podcast on the NBA with Dave Dufour. Um, I, I do a bunch of random stuff. Sometimes go on deep dive. Sometimes interview. You know, I, I had. Former players, uh, current players, um, all kinds of stuff. It's fun. Right. So check out Dave. Check out our podcast. Uh, Give us a good rating on iTunes if you hear the show. And yeah, guys, good night.